everyone, and welcome to Patience is a Virtue, the sports betting podcast all about finding value in futures wagering. I'm your host, Andrew, and on this episode, we are going to take a look at college basketball odds to win the SEC, Big East, and Big 12 conferences. All the odds on today's episode come from DraftKings, and we're going to go ahead and get started with the SEC. The SEC standings see Alabama in first position. Tied for second are Tennessee, Texas A&M, and Auburn. Kentucky comes in in fifth, Florida sixth, Missouri 7th, Arkansas 8th, Georgia 9th, Vanderbilt is in 10th, Mississippi State in 11th, Ole Miss in 12th, LSU in 13th, and South Carolina rounded out at 14th. The odds see Alabama as the minus 350 favorites to win the conference, Tennessee comes in at plus 275, Texas A&M at plus 4,000, Auburn at plus 5,000, Kentucky and Florida are both 100 to 1, and everybody else is greater than 250 to 1. Now, according to the odds, there really are only two contenders, and that is Alabama and Tennessee. Alabama does have a tough schedule for the rest of conference play, with back-to-back games against Auburn and Tennessee, both of which are on the road, and they're going to finish out with Auburn at home and Texas A&M. The potential is there for them to drop one or two of these games, possibly even more, which could open the door for Tennessee, especially if the Vols are able to play, or are they able to win the only head-to-head game between these two teams, which they're going to play, which happens a little bit later this month in Knoxville. So at a minus money price, I would be wary of backing Alabama to win the SEC, simply because there are multiple opportunities for them to drop some games, and that would open the door for Tennessee to win the conference. Now Tennessee, on the other hand, has a little bit of an easier road. They do have two games against Auburn, which will be difficult, and a road tilt at Texas A&M, along with a head-head against Alabama, but overall, I would say that the remaining schedule is not as bad as Alabama's, so they should be able to navigate it fairly well. It might be worth it to take a small position on the balls, because if both these two teams are are able to win the games leading up to their head-to-head, the winner of that match is going to emerge as the clear favorite to win the title. And if Tennessee can win that game, you're going to likely get Alabama at a plus-money price to win the conference, meaning that you'd be able to guarantee a profit if you take Tennessee now and then Alabama later. In the end, I think the winner of that game is likely going to be the regular season conference winner. So I'm going to back the balls right now, hoping that they can win the next four games and make it to that home match against Alabama in either first or second position in the league. And then if they're able to win that game, it's going to give them the inside track for the title. Now, if you're looking for a little bit more of a long shot play, you could take a look at Texas A&M. While they do have remaining games against Auburn, Tennessee, and Alabama, all three of those games are at home, which is a benefit. The rest of their schedule includes Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Missouri, and Arkansas, and those are all definitely winnable games. While they would need to make up two games on Alabama, the fact that their hardest remaining games are at home means that there could be a small bet of value on the Aggies at plus 4,000. But they would ultimately have to go undefeated, I think, the rest of the way to have any shot of winning the title, so I'm not quite certain if that is going to be a very good bet. In the end, if I was going to make a play, I would end up backing the balls at plus 275 because... I think that there are a number of opportunities for Alabama to slip up, and at a minus 350 price, I think that's just a little bit too steep to play, even though Alabama does currently have an inside track. So no real play, but we're looking. if we are going to take one, we're going to take a look at the balls at plus 275. Up next, we're going to move on to the Big East. The current standings see Xavier and Marquette tied for first position. Providence is in third, Creighton in fourth, Seton Hall in fifth, UConn is in sixth, Villanova in 7, St. John's in 8, Butler in ninth, DePaul in 10th, and Georgetown at the bottom in 11th position. The top of the leaderboard sees Marquette as the favorites at minus 140. Xavier comes in at plus 250. Creighton at plus 
370, Providence plus 1,200, Seton Hall plus 15,000, UConn at plus 20,000, and everybody else is greater than 50 to 1. Xavier and Marquette lead the Big East in most offensive statistical categories, so it's not a surprise to see them with the shortest odds to win the league. Marquette's remaining schedule does include potentially tricky road games at UConn and Creighton, as well as a home game against Xavier. Now, Xavier won the first matchup between these two teams, so Marquette would likely need this victory to have any chance of winning the Big East regular season title. I could see Marquette losing at least one of these games, maybe more, so at a minus money price, I think they're a little bit too risky for a futures play at this point. Now, Xavier, on the other hand, has potentially an easier remaining schedule. Outside of the game at Marquette, their only remaining game against a ranked opponent is at Providence in the second-to-last game of the season. The rest of the schedule includes games against St. John's, DePaul, Villanova, Seton Hall, and two games against Butler. Those are all winnable games for them. So Xavier has the potential to finish the season strong, and if they do so, I can see them definitely contending for the title right up to the very last game of the year. Now, depending on this, how these two teams do in the lead-up to their head-to-head on February 15th, you might want to just wait and place a money line bet on that game. If they both hold serve until then, I would imagine Xavier will be a small plus money price on the money line, perhaps not very far off the current number to win the league. So if you simply bet on them to win that game, you'd be cashing your bet a lot quicker than you would a future, and you wouldn't have to worry about the rest of the schedule. Now, the same could probably be said of Marquette. They're likely going to be a favorite on the money line in that game, although only by a small amount. So, thank you, so taking them to win would save time and perhaps mitigate a little bit of the risk for the rest of the season, the rest of the games. Ultimately, the reason to play future on either of these two teams should not be based on the upcoming head-to-head matchup, but instead actually based on whether or not you think one of these two teams is going to get upset down the line, opening up the door for the other team to win the title. So I would argue that Marquette has the tougher road. So because of that, the only play I would make here would be on Xavier at a plus money price. Now, according to the odds, the only other team in contention is Creighton, but they still have three games against teams currently ranked in the top 25, as well as road matches against Seton Hall and Villanova. Now, considering they're already one and a half games behind Marquette and Xavier, I think the likelihood of them making up this gap with their remaining schedule is pretty slim, so I'm going to stay away from Creighton. So ultimately, no play in the Big East, but if I were to make one, I would lean towards Xavier. And let's finish up by taking a look at the Big 12. The current standings see Texas in first position. Kansas, Kansas State, TCU, and Iowa State are all tied for second. Baylor is in sixth, Oklahoma State in seventh, West Virginia in eighth, Oklahoma in ninth, and Texas Tech in tenth. The odds see Kansas as the favorite at plus 150, Texas is plus 180, TCU plus 500, Kansas State at plus 900, Iowa State also at plus 900, Baylor at plus 1800, and everybody else is greater than 400 to 1. Let's first start with Kansas. Now, their overall scoring output in the league is pretty good, but where they really excel is in the less glamorous aspects of the game, such as rebounding, assists, and steals, where they rank number two in the Big 12 in all three. They also don't have a very good defense, or at least not the lockdown defense you expect to see from a top 10 team. They rank only seventh best in the Big 12 in opponent points per game. That being said, they've been able to win some higher scoring games and lower scoring games so they can play to what their opponents are trying to do. And all four of their matches have come against ranked opponents. Now, Kansas's remaining schedule sees two games against Texas, road games against a ranked Iowa State and TCU, and a home tilt against a ranked Baylor team, as well as games against Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Texas Tech. Now, by contrast, 
The schedule for their other co-favorite, Texas, includes road games at Kansas State, Baylor, and TCU, as well as matchups, as well as the two matchups against Kansas. Texas does benefit from having the second matchup with Kansas at home on the final day of the regular season, and that game could very well decide the Big 12 title, and they'll be very happy to have that in Austin where they'll have the home court advantage. Texas is the best scoring offense in the Big 12, and they also boast the best scoring differential, as well as having the second best differentials in assists and steals, so they're excellent on the offensive end. Now, as their price suggests, there is very little separating Kansas and Texas, so I think the play is to pick road spots to play against these two teams, as I expect them both to lose at least one more game in the regular season, with an eye on getting a better price towards the last game of the season, that head-to-head matchup. Now, if you wanted to make a bet between these two teams right now, I would go go with Texas, as they have the advantage of having the final regular season game against Kansas at home. But at these prices, I think you're better off playing single games instead of actually going for the future. Now, TCU is also right there at plus 500, but their schedule is just as difficult with games against Kansas State and Iowa State, as well as home matches with Baylor, Kansas, and Texas. Now, TCU has shown that they can be very explosive, as earlier this year, they blew out Kansas in Kansas by 23 points. So we know that they can definitely score and they can play with anybody. But it's hard to see them finishing out the year without losing two more games because the because the schedule is just very, very difficult. And that's not going to see them move ahead of both Kansas and Texas. But with games against Baylor, Kansas, and Texas all at home, plus 500 does give you a little bit of room to hedge towards the end of the season if TCU are able to make a run if they are able to win their games and end up near the leaderboard towards the very end of the season. You would have the opportunity to hedge against them by betting on them to lose a match if you choose to, and thus maybe winning a little bit of a profit. But I would actually stay away from TCU at this point. So to wrap up this episode, I wanted to take a look at these three conferences because we are down to only a few contenders in each league, and it can be hard to find valuable bets at this stage of the game. When you start getting to having favorites priced at less than a plus 200 line, the value is fairly gone from the market, and you really need to start looking at single game bets instead of playing futures. Now, that being said, the prices on long shots do tend to increase at this point, so you can definitely get some better numbers if you like a a longer play. But the likelihood of those teams cashing does go down significantly towards the end of the season because you're going to need some games to to break your way, and there's going to be very little margin of error for those teams, such as TCU in the Big 12 or Creighton in the Big East. So ultimately, I would probably stay away from all three of these markets simply because of the prices, but I do think it was a good exercise to dive into these numbers because it can help to identify when a futures bet is valuable and when you really need to focus on just a single game or to possibly even move on to a different market altogether. And that's going to do it for this episode of Patience is a Virtue. Thank you very much for listening and for supporting the show. Please remember to subscribe to get episodes as soon as they come out and leave a five-star review to help us grow. Good luck with any bets you might place, and we'll see you next time.